Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. I think you're, you're in the Christmas spirit. Are you in the? Is that what this is? I am. I think everybody is. I, I tell you, I, I, yesterday I found my elf on a shelf passed out next to my bait pen. <laughs> Something's going on. But, uh, and it's Hanukkah? How many yeah! celebrating Hanukkah? All right. So those people, uh, you know, those people like in the Midwest who don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There's, there's Jews everywhere. Endangered everywhere, but they're everywhere. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Hanukkah is a, celebrate, it's a festival celebrating the Jews' recovery of the city of Jerusalem in the second century before Christ. Or as the Palestinians say, get off our land. <laughs> oh, that issue, <laughs> that issue is not going away. Did you see what happened with the college presidents this week? The presidents of, the, of Harvard, uh, Harvard University and UPenn and MIT were hauled before Congress uh, and yelled at, for good reason, uh, for refusing to call the genocide of Jews on campus bullying or harassment. Misgendering a Jew, get thrown off for that in a minute. <laughs> but not the other thing. Uh, so, and there may be protests here this weekend because the president is in town. Isn't that great when the president... Really? You think that's good? <laughs> Are you out on the street? I'll say this. The only other time in this town an 81-year-old fucks up traffic is when they're driving a white Camry in the passing lane. <laughs> no, it's not good when the president's here. But the, the Republicans had another one of their debates without Trump. This is getting... Now there's four of them left on the island, and, and <laughs> it's just sad. It's like a battle of the bands between the other women in Destiny's Child <laughs> and, the, uh, and the surviving members of the Doors. You know, it's just... <laughs> but no, there is some crazy right-wing shit out there. I've got to tell you, the, the state of New Hampshire is proposing a ban on abortion that starts at 15 days after gestation. You're not even pregnant yet. 15 days, not weeks, days. And they asked the author of this bill, what, what were you thinking? And he said, I don't know, I never got past second base. <laughs> uh, so, but I gotta tell you, the Republicans, they smell a little blood in the water because Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden was indicted again. Now, Trump's going to have four trials. Hunter Biden now has two. 
this is true. He was nominated for. <laughs> It's another tax thing because he spent incredible amounts of money on, well, you know what. Hookers <laughs> <laughs> and blow and cars and hotel rooms. And uh, the, the Biden family is asking for a privacy at this time of extreme humble brag. <laughs> But they said he spent, I love that, this is a quote from the indictment. They said he spent $683,000 on various women. And welcome back to another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 14th of December, year of our Lord, 2023. I like that in, intro with Mar because it's a scary day when I sound like Mar and Mar sounds like me, but we're in weird times. So um, let's just get into it. This is uh, in lieu of the new thing by Meathead with the National Fucking Association of you are a piece of shit because you're a Christian and you're a nationalist. This is from East Side of Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, on Friday, December eighth. What does the Freedom for Religion Foundation believe? I'm a Christian and a patriot. I believe that Christ died for our sins, and by following him and only him, one can be eternal life. I also believe that America is the greatest country that ever exists. Do they deeply held beliefs make me a Christian nationalist? This is some shit they made up. I think it's total horse crap. You know, I'm a firm believer that there is no one religion, and I do believe that back in the day, the right was all about Christianity, and they forced it on people, and this is where we get all this crazy shit from liberals, because they were pushing so hard. I've said it a million fucking times on this show. You had a element that was pushing too far, and they were on the right. Now we have the left pushing hard with their bullshit. And the left has this huge thing. This is an author... The U.S. does not have the right to exist. She's African-American. I have to stay here and fight Zionism and other injustice. Thanks anyway. Exercise might not be the key to living longer. It might be aging you faster. These are all the people. I'm just doing random thoughts because that's what I picked up. But the... These are the people that are... America sucks. How could exercise be bad for you and age you? I mean, granted, I'm bald probably because I did way too much, you know, 20 years of 25-mile road marches and shit. I know I look like an old, old, frail fucking dude now, but back in the day, I was alpha-alpha. And yeah, that probably made me lose hair and fuck up all my joints. But I can tell you the way I started getting healthy was I walked. Now I walk six and a half fucking miles. We're moving on to seven and it'll be eight, eight miles a day. And I'll do eight miles a fucking day for the rest of my life because it feels good. I feel better. As long as I start putting some muscle on, I mean, I'm lifting and feel a little better on that and getting some protein and yada, yada. But that's some crazy ass fucking shit. But the left, they're all up in this shit. And they make these things, and then they keep running with it forever, and they think it's going to work. So here's Van Jones talking about replacement theory. The reality is there is a replacement theory. You motherfuckers wrote it in the New York Times. We can replace them. 
in the smug, condescending way that he just spews this poison out is very, very dangerous because he won't stop Trump, but he's going to outlive Trump by about 50 years. And you're watching the rise of an American demagogue that is a very, very despicable person. Yeah. And I, I'm, I literally, I, I, was, I was shaking listening to him talk because a lot of people don't know that is one step away from Nazi propaganda coming out of his mouth. Yeah, but the good thing, Van, you can... I, how do you even fucking say that? I mean, they know. They just know. And it's so bullshit. This one, uh, oh, honey, no. Atheist tries being smug, gets schooled instead. An atheist. An atheist believes that a hospital should be built instead of a church. An atheist believes that a deed must be done instead of a prayer, said. An atheist strives for involvement. Excuse me, in life and not escaping to death. He wants disease, conquer, poverty, banished, war, eliminated. The Catholic Church built the hospitals, you dipshit. I mean, get a goddamn... Get a... Britannica, encyclopedia. I mean, try Google. Stop being a fucking moron. Then we got this shit. Oh, it's a, a video. I fucked it up. Here we go. Slap on the face. Biden Winehouse snubs family of U.S. hostages from menorah lighting. Let's listen. This is a Hanukkah reception that the White House is hosting tonight uh, to celebrate the fifth night of Hanukkah hosted by the president uh, and the first lady. And what one of the family members uh, of the families that uh, have their family members that are missing in Gaza still believed to have been abducted by Hamas on October 7th. Uh, they told me that they had reached out to the White House uh, because several of the families were in town this week, had asked for an invitation to this event, uh, but that they ultimately did not get invited. The White House did not. Uh, respond to a request for comment. Uh, look, these are family members that are desperately trying to bring attention to the fact that there are still uh, eight dual American citizens that are still missing, that are still unaccounted for. Uh, obviously, the formal negotiations to get more hostages out. We saw those break down earlier this month. So there are a lot of questions right now, and these families are very desperate for any kind of news, any kind of movement that they are seeing from the White House as well as the Israeli government on how uh, their family members are going to get out, Jake. We know that uh, people at the White House watch this show. If they have any questions, uh, reach out to us and we'll involve MJ and we'll fix this problem if it can be fixed. And during this time, we also had this group that decided, uh, okay, we're gonna, um, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking block bridges. So this happened.
This is from The Hill. And I'm just doing random thoughts just so we can get to the good shit. I got some song reviews that are great. Age jokes can't diminish unrivaled experience and wisdom. And RNC and Republicans play the litany of stuff of him just walking off all fucking crazy and shit. Senator Murphy. Zelensky criticized Congress for not approving money faster. Putin is inspired by unresolved issue in Capitol Hill. Murphy goes on, Republicans don't give up their push for border security in the next 24 or 48 hours. Russia is going to march in Ukraine and China is going to be given the green light to invade Taiwan. All they have is hyperbole. They have nothing, nothing to talk about anything. Nothing. Part of the problem is widespread consensus that October 7 means Israel is justified in doing literally anything in response, no matter how heinous Israel can exterminate the entire population of Gaza and its supporters would just say, what about October 7th? What about October 7th? If Hamas ends, the war ends. So here's a simple solution that would end the war tomorrow. All the peaceful civilian Palestinians give up all the members of Hamas. Of course they won't because they overwhelmingly support Hamas. So much for peaceful civilian uh, Palestinians. This is just like... Iraq. When the people finally got shit, I got sick of all the crap, it went away. Barnes and Noble did this, and it has nothing to do with it, but this is the, all the left has. Banned books. They're not banned. You just can't have them in grade school, you fucks. We're going to do a Hamas second section in a second. Another few dozen former Intel officials have signed another letter. You know about reliable they've been. 46 top former national security officials signed letter urging Congress to authorize FISA 702 legislation needed to fight terrorism, fentanyl attackers, and cyber attacks. Cannot hamstring the U.S. intelligence community. Basically, it's another thing for them to go into you and just search you. CNN poll. How worried are you about the state of the economy? August 2020, 58% worried. November 2023, 84% percent worried but you don't hear about it and that video I played of the bridge literally it and I forgot to set it up right was people fucking queers for Palestine I watched a video the other day and I want to tell you right now, it is astounding. Astounding how many stupid lefties there are that they believe that queers should be for Palestine. They'd be murdered. But yeah, you keep going. So here's a little montage. I haven't played some in a while. CBS fears supporting Israel opposing a mosque will cost Biden the Muslim vote. ABC unsettled after Penn president resigned over anti-Semitism, and we're going to cover that in depth in a second. ABC sounds the alarm over Michigan's Arab-American vote, which is a huge problem for us, really, and we'll talk about that in a second. PBS relays sob stories about Palestinian prisoners. Let, let's lie, lie go unchallenged. Nets are silent on the Harvard president. And enjoy. 
Pressure mounting on Harvard and MIT after the resignation of University of Pennsylvania's president, Liz McGill. McGill stepping down Saturday after facing a barrage of criticism from donors, politicians, and alumni. All three university presidents under fire for evading this question from Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. McGill apologized in a video posted the next day, but the damage already done. Penn's board chair, Scott Bach, also stepping down, but defending McGill in a statement, saying she made a very unfortunate misstep. She provided a legalistic answer to a moral question. Penn's Association of Professors backing him up, saying McGill's intent was to defend academic freedom and open expression, saying that Stefanik's entire line of questioning misrepresented protests for Palestinian freedom as calls for genocide. And even though calls for the other two university presidents to follow suit are growing, Harvard's newspaper reporting that as of Sunday, more than 500 members of the faculty have signed a petition to the university's corporation opposing any action to remove President Gay. But Harvard alum and billionaire investor Bill Ackman, who has been a vocal critic against his alma mater, sending a letter to the university saying, in her short tenure as president, Claudine Gay has done more damage to the reputation of Harvard University than any individual in our nearly 500-year history. This, as more than 70 members of Congress demand they review and update their school policies to ensure they protect Jewish students. MIT's board is pledging their full and unreserved support for MIT. 23-year-old Adam Abu Salah's concerns about President Biden are an alarm bell for Democrats. Uh, he's killing our people. Four years ago, he campaigned for the president, urging neighbors in predominantly Arab American Dearborn, Michigan, to vote against Donald Trump. If you were to ask me two months ago if I was going to vote for Joe Biden, yeah, I would have held my nose and voted for him. He's worried about the health of the economy. But now, as the administration continues standing by Israel's deadly attacks on Gaza... Free, free Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Abu Salah says he and his community can no longer support the president. The same way that they're being silent right now in the face of injustices, we're going to be silent in November 2024. Abdullah Hamoud is Dearborn's first ever Arab American mayor and says for many here, the Israel-Hamas war is deeply personal. We have some residents who've lost entire families. A Democrat, the mayor credits legislation signed by the president for pumping tens of millions of dollars of federal aid into his city. The domestic policies that President Biden has achieved have been nothing short of phenomenal. But he has his own strong views on what's happening in Gaza. You cannot overlook the genocide that's taken place. And you have to weigh that on a scale. What is your view on how President Biden has responded to what happened on October 7th? I think it has been awful. Holding Michigan is key to a Biden victory in 2024. 146,000 Muslim Americans voted here in 2020, with nearly 70% nationwide going for the president. But Abu Salah warns the anger here could cost the president the election. So then what will the people do? Stay home? No, we're going to go vote, but we're going to keep the top of the ticket empty. You would skip voting for president in 2024? Yes. Even if it meant Donald Trump might win the presidency? If you were to tell me that my vote would be the vote whether Biden wins in Michigan or not, I will still not vote for Biden. It's that much of an issue for you? Yeah. My Saturday, University of Pennsylvania President Liz McGill resigned from her post.
During the hearing, both presidents testified that calls for the genocide of Jews did not necessarily violate their campus rules. It can be, depending on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. President Gay later apologizing, clarifying that calls for genocide were vile and have no place at Harvard. Now a letter signed by more than 700 faculty members urges the university's top governing body to resist political pressures, including calls for the... The president later privately apologized to Muslim American advocates for those remarks. But Dearborn's first Muslim and Arab American mayor, Abdullah Hamoud, says Biden's response to this crisis has lacked empathy. What do you make of how the president is handling this crisis? I think... You know, the unfortunate reality, there's, there's been a callousness. This is a president I supported because he spoke about humanity, that he was a president for all people. And it's certainly not the president that I see in the White House today. The president has been ramping up the pressure on Israel to do more to protect civilians and address the humanitarian crisis. And he's tweaking his tone. Biden recently writing in an op-ed, every innocent Palestinian life lost is a tragedy that rips apart families and communities. But for advocates like Lexi Zidane, who supported Biden in the past, it's too little too late. Or is there anything the president could do at this point that would regain your support? Nothing. We understand that no vote to a Democratic candidate is going to be a, a vote to a Republican candidate, and we are, we are willing to take that risk. She says it's worth it to send a strong message to Democrats. Maybe Trump will win. Maybe Trump will get an office. And that's to, to open the eyes and the ears of the rest of the public to say, listen, it's going to be short-term pain for these next four years, but Democrats will not... How, sir, in your opinion, can this cycle end? The only way out of the tears and anger and woes is to end the occupation and to return to life before occupation, where we lived in one country as Palestinians, Jews and Christians, not the nationalists, but the Jews who know that Muslims welcomed them when they were exiled from countries around the world, when they left Europe because of the Holocaust, and we shared our lands and our lives. But there's not a lot of hope these days for sharing or more releases now that the fighting in Gaza has resumed. So there was some CNN or SNL did something, and I don't think I captured it. Let's do this. This is the Harvard, uh, not the Harvard, but um, who the fuck was it? I can't remember. Let me see. This is. This is one of the damn presidents resigning. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I want to be clear. A call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries and were the victims 
of mass genocide in the Holocaust. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. For decades, under multiple Penn presidents and consistent with most universities, Penn's policies have been guided by the Constitution and the law. In today's world, where we are seeing signs of hate proliferating across our campus and our world in a way not seen in years, these policies need to be clarified and evaluated. Penn must initiate a serious and careful look at our policies, and Provost Jackson and I will immediately convene a process to do so. As president, I'm committed to a safe, secure, and supportive environment so all members of our community can thrive. We can and we will. Now, I want to play that Saturday Night Live skit because that was her pen, of course, retiring or resigning. Here is the SNL skit. You're watching C-SPAN. Later, is Taylor Swift now dating Marco Rubio? But first, testimony from three university presidents on the subject of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Order, please. Order, please. Thank you. We're joined today by the heads of three of our most esteemed universities, the president of MIT, Sally Kornbluth. I've never been more afraid to be anywhere. <laughs> the president of UPenn, Elizabeth McGill. Can I just resign now? <laughs> Not yet. And the president of Harvard, Dr. Claudine Gay. Thank you. Dr. Gay, would you like to do a quick joke about your name to get it out of the way? I would. Dr. Gay sounds like a Molly dealer on Fire Island. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I'll turn it over to mega superstar Elise Stefanik from New York, who's been pacing the hallways listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem. Miss <laughs> Stefanik. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now, I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. Uh, that, 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 the second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard. <sighs> the episode was the best episode of SNL I've watched in forever. It was really good. Very funny. Music guests suck, but... Really good skits. Um, but that skit, you know, that's, this stuff's important, man. It just, man. Anna Presley, happy first night of Hanukkah to our Jewish siblings in MA7 across the world. The celebration carries extra meaning for so many this year, and I wish everyone light, joy, and peace. Corey Bush, as many light the first candle of the menorah, I'm seeing our Jewish neighbors in St. Louis beyond love and light. I wish all to celebrate the festive lights. Very happy in this dark time of stand with the Jewish community against anti-Semitism and hate in all forms. Let's continue to fight. They, 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 they put that up. They put that up while they're rooting for from the ocean to from the river to the sea. Kill all them motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. 
the pen and these motherfuckers they epitomize what the left's about it's not about taking care of people it's not about the Jewish community it's about woke and here's a Penn student or NYU student freaking out because she got treated poorly because she tore down posters So after I was filmed tearing down these posters outside of Tisch Hall, um, a student at NYU circulated the video on social media, um, and she was calling for us to be doxxed. Uh, shortly after, celebrities, public figures, and Zionist platforms with millions of followers were sharing our information publicly. Um, the student also created a petition, uh, which received over 10,000 signatures to call for the expulsion of everyone in the video. Um, I faced relentless backlash um, from right-wing media and news outlets for weeks, um, most calling for me to be jailed, expelled, deported, assaulted, and to be sent to Gaza. Uh, NYU refused to cover off-campus housing um, because I'm on scholarship, so I couldn't really afford to live in New York otherwise. Um, so despite it being, it like no longer being safe for me to live in dorms, um, they denied me access to off-campus housing, and now they're denying me access to higher education. So just to get this straight, NYU suspended you, took away your scholarship, made it impossible for you to afford housing, all because you tore down a poster. Mm -hmm. um, as a part of my scholarship, that would grant me on-campus housing, and so because I was suspended, I would have to move off campus after the semester, essentially kicking me out of the dorms, um, leaving me unhoused, and also denying me access to any higher education until fall 2024. Wow. And they have also restricted my privileges, so I am not able to attend on-campus, off-campus events. Now the pen, so we understand, is because they lost $100 million. People pulled their stuff. So, I mean, I think the whole Harvard thing is even worse. Um, I'm not going to, I'm just going to cliff note this shit because I want to keep the, the thing down. This lady has been caught doing plagiarism. This lady has decided that um, she's not going to resign because she's African-American. So even though people are saying hey, you need to do it, she's not going to do it. You know, two days after Claudia Gay, uh, that's Claudia, uh, which one is this? Uh, Claudia Gay claimed that genocidal rhetoric might be protected speech at Harvard because that's how committed she is to free speech. Her university canceled event featuring congressman who mocked her at Harvard. And then that we broke in and we find out that uh, the Harvard Crimson has dogged her and we did what the left does. We went in and we found that this lady right here plagiarized everything. I mean, almost her whole career has been plagiarism. To use another African-American professor's work and claimed it was hers. And they still not gonna fire 
they still not. That's not English. They're still not going to fire her because she's African-American. This is at Harvard or Yale. Changed the name of a popular food item in the dining hall, which had been on the menu for years. It's called Israeli cuckoo salad. And they removed the word Israeli. Why would you do that? Because you're all fucking bigots. And this lady, who we all know, that's who she plagiarized. So it's a black woman. But Harvard said, fuck off. So I cliff noted it. It's, it's the left. They, they don't believe. 650 signed, get rid of her. Because everything she did was plagiarism. She used other women's work, and now she's on top, and she doesn't deserve to be there. So it's fucking insane. A reign of terror has descended upon college campuses. The Jewish billionaire class wants to stop students from proposing genocide. The burning question now is, will the students stop these rabid Jewish supremacists? I mean, this shit is fucking insane. These guys are doing a uh, tuition strike over Israeli apartheid. Cancel culture's back. The difference this time is that the targets are on the left. Republicans are working overtime to criminalize and punish pro-Palestinian speech they disagree with. Washington Post. Republicans say this speech, blah, 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 blah. You have a basic misunderstanding of what cancel culture is. Do you also struggle with doxing? The fact is, we're finding out that you literally are mother-fucking hypocrites. Just fucking hypocrites. Because none of it really matters to you. What really matters is that you can cancel other people and shut them down. So we, we're going to transition to the... Um, we're going to transition back into a different subject. We're going to cover Trump really quick. Just a short little segment because... We covered the Atlantic um, and how they did the second Trump. But there's a lot of stuff. They're they're running bites that um, basically that because he said on day one, I'm going to be a dictator and I'm going to roll back this and that and everything because Trump's fucking stupid and he just can't shut the fuck up when he he's winning. Um now he's going to be a dictator. So he, he fed, basically he fed these fuckheads their ammo, and he just needs to learn to shut the fuck up. Just shut up. You don't need to say everything's on your head. This is a shoe in election if you would just shut the fuck up, dude. Just shut up. But he can't. Um, here is... Liz Cheney and Colbert. I would agree yes. that anti-Semitism is a disease that runs across all cultural boundaries, not only in the United States, but across the world. Right. But what, what, I, what, I, what I mean by, say, undermining the media is no, I'm, I'm, un, un, right. under, undercutting, sort of like roughing up the referee was a project of the right for the last 20 years, or undermining yeah, public institutions. You, no. you say that people believe that our public institutions can take the punishment that Trump will give them, and that's why he's not as dangerous as he should be, but 
I mean, the Republican Party's mantra has been the government is the problem for so many years. Yeah, but see, this is it's really important, um, in my view, that we not sort of slide into saying everything the Republicans have ever done you know, uh, is somehow the same as what Donald Trump is doing. I'm not saying everything. I'm and, saying and it, it is, not, those are breadcrumbs. Yeah, but I, I think you and I are just not going to agree on that. I mean, I think it's... I, I think, know we're not going to agree, but do you but understand I, why I'm asking that question? Yeah, but I think you should let me answer it. <laughs> fucking hate all these people. I fucking hate them all. I mean, I, I literally... Jesus Christ. So now that the Atlantic did it, now we have Donald Trump is plotting to overthrow American democracy. It's not a secret, and he's not subtle. The only question is whether enough people will care enough to stop it. Who's the name? I'm going to blow this the fuck up. Mark Elias. He's the guy that stole the last election. He's the guy that tried to steal Hillary's election. That guy... Gets, an, gets op-eds that go everywhere. WAPO, the vermin in the White House. WAPO repeatedly called Trump and Republicans rats and vermin. Now they won't stop comparing Trump to Hitler for using the same language. The language is the language that dictators use to instill fear, said Timothy Nafal. When you dehumanize opponents, you strip them of their constitutional right to participate securely in democracy. You fucking people got 81 million votes. I, that's all I have to say. I don't even have to say it was stolen. It's obvious. 81 million people have never voted for a candidate. When Barack Obama only got 64 million, 65 million, you cheated. Everybody knows you did. Everybody knows you used the voting, the mail-in ballots, and just had people voting multiple times, and you had fucking people that didn't even vote. You went and had them fill out. You had your people fill them out and ballot harvest. We know this. It's all been proven. Donald Trump is the worst job record since the Great Depression. Understand that they know that this happened during COVID, but yeah, we're just going to say that Biden created 80 billion jobs because companies shut down and people got let go and nobody was working. Yeah, we're just going to do that. So our last little bit, and then we're getting off this shit and we're moving on. Hysteric. MSDNC's Chris Hayes fabricates a new Russian collusion for 2024. You know, these people will never let that go. It's been disproven. Remember, you say that uh, 2020 was screwed up. And you don't think January 6th is worse than Pearl Harbor. You're a piece of shit. Yet they have tried to steal every election since 2000, have delegitimized every election since 2000. I'm an independent. I'm telling you, I, I watched it. I lived it. You might be too young and you heard it, but it, that's just the way it is. Maddow smears SCOTUS with Nazis. All pro-lifers are anti-democratic and pro-authoritarian. That's dangerous language. And Amababapur, Trump doubling down on a vision of being a dictator. On the other side of this, we're going to go into, I'm sorry, a music review. I got two new songs. Oh, my fucking God. They're so good. Um, and what we've seen, unfortunately, in the Republican Party is that it's become less a kind of hotbed of interesting conservative ideas, right, and policy prescriptions uh, that you can take and then hold up against liberal policy ideas and prescriptions and then argue it out in the, in the marketplace, um, it's become a cult of personality and it's subsumed itself um, to, uh, to Mar-a-Lago in a, in a very, very unhealthy and to me, un-American way. And, and so uh, 
we're we are in the shape we're in, not because Donald Trump is the putative Republican nominee, but because too many Republicans who know better are going along with this kind of cult of personality. As of right now, there's no deal in sight because House Republicans want to start their holiday recess on Friday. It is that time of year. Today, President Biden made it clear what he thinks of the Republicans' attitude. Russian loyalists in Moscow celebrated when, when Republicans voted to block Ukraine's aid last week. The host of a Kremlin-run show literally said, and I quote, well done, Republicans. That's good for us. If you're being celebrated by Russian propagandists, it might be time to rethink what you're doing. Now, Vladimir Putin already enacted the most audacious criminal election sabotage in recent memory back in 2016, famously. When he looks at his prospects in the war in Ukraine and American politics, it is obvious that it is in his best interest to do whatever he can to help elect Republicans again. The guys who will assist his goals by cutting off aid to Ukraine, forcing it into some settlement under conditions of surrender. Just think about the message that is being sent by Republicans right now about what Vladimir Putin should do. Anti-democratic, pro-authoritarian movements the world over and throughout history always stomp on reproductive rights. In some cases, they mandate forced abortions, like in China. More often, like with the Law and Justice Party in Poland, it's an abortion ban, right? In, in either case, you get the point. Reproductive freedom cannot be tolerated. Heaven forbid a woman decides on her own whether or not she wants to have a baby. It's a government decision to force you to give birth or not, regardless of what you want or what's good for you. It is an authoritarian project everywhere there is authoritarian governance. In, in Vichy, France, when France was occupied by the Nazis and controlled by the Vichy collaborationist regime, Vichy authorities in France took the time, you think they might have other stuff to worry about, they took the time in July 1943 to guillotine a woman, to execute a woman by guillotine in 1943 for the crime of performing abortions. Abortion was not just illegal, it was punishable by the death penalty when France was occupied by the Nazis. That law was only dropped when France was liberated by the Allies. Germany itself only last year repealed a Nazi-era law that banned German doctors from providing information about abortions. They finally got rid of that last year. In fascist Italy, Abortion had already been against the law before he came to power, but when Mussolini became the fascist dictator of Italy, he aggressively criminalized it. He made any woman who got an abortion subject to five years at hard labor. Heaven forbid that a woman be free to decide on her own terms if she wants to have a baby. In the Trump presidency, Republicans finally succeeded in their machinations to stack the U.S. Supreme Court with hardline anti-abortion conservatives, and then they were able to get through the policy they most wanted. They overturned Roe versus Wade, and that allowed Republican-controlled states all over the country to ban abortion. And even those bans have not been enough for Republicans in, in many states. Republicans are now proposing in the state of Missouri, for example, that abortion be charged as homicide that abortion be charged criminally as murder. Republicans in the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate are now proposing murder charges for abortion in legislation that they are bringing up this month. This comes after Republicans have proposed similar legislation in Kentucky and in Georgia and in Arkansas and in South Carolina and in Colorado. Republicans in all of those states have proposed murder charges 
for abortion, which usually, of course, means life in prison or even the possibility of capital punishment. In Ohio, a young woman is newly facing criminal charges for having had a miscarriage at home. They're bringing criminal charges against her, threatening her with prison for the handling of the fetal remains after she miscarried at home. And in Texas, the case of 31-year-old Kate Cox has played out over these last few days as a Republican fantasy of how they would most like to wield really, 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 really big government. Kate Cox is a mother of two. She's 31 years old. She very much has wanted a third child. She was pregnant with that third child when she learned that it would not be a viable pregnancy, a fatal genetic abnormality. She had already been in and out of the hospital with fairly serious complications in this pregnancy. Her doctor advised her that if she wants to be able to try again, if she and her husband want to try to get pregnant again, to try for another child, which they desperately want, this non-viable pregnancy must be ended by abortion in order to protect her health and potentially to save her life. Okay, um, I was going to do one today uh, for my brother Matt, which was uh, Drumeo. We'll do it at the end, but I wanted to start with two new songs I found. And, yeah, I know, it's Sleep Token again, but I didn't know about these songs, and son of a bitch, I have been obsessed with it. So I'm going to start with the first one. This is called The Apparition, and I got to think that this guy at some time lost a loved one. Because this is just one of the saddest songs. I'm, I want to admit, it's embarrassing. Matt O was going to make fun of me. I'm out walking. It's 19 fucking degrees. My face is frozen. I didn't bring gloves. So my hands are frozen. And I got my hands in my jacket like the kid from Christmas Story. Just, just bundled up. But my hands are frozen. My feet were frozen. Didn't wear long johns. I'm wearing sweat. I was frozen. And I didn't feel good that day. Woke up kind of feeling like shit. But I listened to it once, and then I repeated. And both these I got from my wife. She found them, because she stays up late. I'm on the 50 milligrams of uh, norotripoline now. It knocks me the fuck out. It's like 7.45, I'm asleep every night. I take it at 7. I don't even make it late. I'm out, and then I sleep till 4. Today, I slept till 5, which is craziness. Um, I literally fell asleep at 7.30 and woke up at 5 a.m. That's a lot of sleep, but I kind of needed it. You'll see in a second. There's a reason why. Um, and this song hit me and I literally found myself crying in the woods on a six mile walk. All the music had been awesome, but this one was just sad because the lyrics are just brutal. If you know, you've lost somebody or if you, you know, for me, the best way to do it is when I was alone in the Mojave for two years, a part of me broke and I've never fixed it. I've tried counseling. It didn't work, but I just broke in a way you, you can't get fixed. Um, so there are sometimes, as pathetic as it sounds, I will be with people, but I'm lonely. I don't know why. I remember out there going to events and being surrounded by people, hundreds of people. And on the outside, I was acting like I was happy, but on the inside, I was totally alone. And now the older I get with the wife, more distant. Sometimes my dreams are of unknown women. 
and it's not sexual because I'm old. It's just like them smiling at you in a way that you don't feel you get from your partner for so long. And I get emails on this. No, I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm not looking at women. No, I don't have a crush on Taylor Swift. I got an email that day, some person asking me that. No, I said she looks good in a dress. Brittany Daniels, I had a crush on. I still think she's very attractive, but now she's a mama, so I don't, I don't look at her. And as inappropriate as it is, Sophie Turner, I do have a thing for her. She shows up in dreams, but it's getting a cup of coffee. I don't know what that's about. It could be just a thing that I saw that she's now a woman. That freaked me out a little bit because that means I'm old because I remember her as a young kid. So she shows up. But sometimes the dreams are better than reality. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes we dream things and it's like what we're missing in our life and you really like that dream and you don't want it to stop. But it does. And that's how I formatted the song. So it hit me probably because I'm living it to an extent. So we're, I'm not going to pause like people do. I'm just going to play this because it's just beautiful. All right, let's try it again. We had a audio problem. So anyway, this is The Apparition by Sleep Token. Stay with it. It starts out as a ballad. It gets funky, and then they power chord your fucking face off. And it's just... The, the, the chorus is so beautiful. Why are you never real Whenever you appear You leave me with that grace I am trembling with fear But I know That you will disappear Just as I awake A whisper in my ear This is Depeche Mode right here. Comes. 
Just a freaking beautiful song. This guy and his melodies and the way he sinks. You know, a little hip-hop or urban in, and then you go back to just beautiful guitars. Just so good. So she gave me that second, and this one was the first one. And this is just a beautiful uh, ballad. And the lyrics are, you know, Sleep Token to me is like the ultimate mixtape. If you were, if I was young again and I was courting a woman, I would just hand them the fucking album because this freaking out, the lyrics are deep, you know, obsessive. You love somebody, right? You, you just really are into them. So this guy, A, really is into some chick. I mean, he all his lyrics, he's he's laying down some serious rap about how he digs her. And he's sad. He's just a sad dude. Nobody knows anything about him. He goes by Vessel, covers his face. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows anything about anything. It's just that everything they do right now is crazy. They, get, they sold out Wembley. They sold out musical... Uh, uh, music City Hall. Whatever the fuck it... Not it's a Radio City... Sold that out in like an hour. And I cannot wait for them to try. I don't give a fuck. I got, I got to sell like a kidney. I'm seeing these guys. They're just, it's such great music. It's, it's unheard of music. It's just stuff you don't find. And, and it'll never be popular because radios don't play this. All the songs are six minutes and shit. So no, nobody wants to play that. But so this is called Rain. And it's beautiful. I'm not going to say anything. Just going to play it. Same thing. You're going to have some ballad. You're going to have some little bit of urban kind of mixed in. But then you're going to go guitar. And it, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous song. For so long I have waited. So long that I almost became just a stoic statue fit for nobody and I don't want to get in your way but I finally think I can say that the vicious cycle was over the moment you smiled at me I can see you in my face 
So that's for those that are following along. That is the last two songs I'm gonna play. There's a couple more um, that you know. Um, Aqua Regina's okay. I don't like Vor. You're really okay. D Y W T Y L M. People like the I don't. And I'm get kind of getting into Lucid. Um, next show. Um, God, what the hell is their name? I found them yesterday. I was watching a year in review with Metal BRB. It is a German band. Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing? No, stop. Uh, it's a German band. Shit. It doesn't. I'm downloading Sleep Token. I bought it. Because I've listened to it so much, I owe them money. Because it's just so fucking good. I mean, it's no different than 1989 by Taylor Swift. I listen to it all the time on streaming and then I just said Jesus Christ I should pay for this because it's not right so I bought the shit I just didn't tell anybody I didn't and with Justin Timberlake same thing I, I ended up buying it and just pretending I didn't um, but these guys came on a metal BRB and I'm sorry I have my phone off so I don't have sounds and they are called they're German but they sing English the dude doesn't look German unprocessed and I found some interesting songs. You know, let me... I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to play one by them just for shits and grins. Okay, I'm going to knock out two birds with one stone, and I'll check the time, and maybe we just don't... Yeah, we won't do TikTok today. We'll just go straight through. Matt sent me this, and it's really funny because Matt was all sorts of... Uh, Matt O in Oregon. You know, I talk about him all the time, my brother. Um, he was into YouTube, and I just wasn't a YouTuber. Then, of course, Gigi got into it, and then, you know, we're trying to pick up all the stuff he used to watch. Um, but Drumio came up, and it's very interesting. I'm just going to play a little bit of this clip, but they bring in these drummers that have never heard the band, never heard the song, never heard anything, and they have to play a drum, and they fill, like they hear the song without drums, and then they do their drums, and then they hear it as drum by the drummer of what the band is. And this kid... Um, I really like this guy, Grayson Necrutman. I can't say his name. And he does a sleep token and a bunch of other ones, but it's really interesting to watch it because it's, it's amazing. You know, I played a little guitar 
in my youth. It wasn't great, but I could pick up tab and play people's shit. I couldn't write my own shit, but I could play people's shit. This kid's amazing, because what he does is end up being pretty close. Completely anonymous? Yeah. Actually? Yeah. What? And the drummer's name, they're, they're totally anonymous, so his name is Two. Two? Yeah. If it's so far off that people are going to be like, and Grayson is pissed. <laughs> Grayson's like really confused. Do you think YouTube's gonna be like, that sucks? I feel like this is gonna be the most embarrassing video ever. What's up, everybody? Grayson the Crewman here at Drumeo. Yeah, Crewman, I'm, I'm sorry. I fucked to, his name up big time. I don't even know what song it is. And I don't know what drummer it is yet. And I'm gonna make up my own drum part to it. Is that right? Is that what I'm doing? I think so. That's exactly what you're gonna do. I think I can stump you on this one. So we'll load up the track. Here it is. It's a great song. So you see the whole thing, and at the end, <laughs> pretty close. I mean, it's really interesting, and we stumbled across it because we got into these. You know, the wife found Sleep Token, likes them, but doesn't obsess like me. I'm being very obsessive compulsive about this band right now. I just fucking they could sing literally Doctor Fucking Seuss, and I say it's the best song ever um i've turned into a swifty that's what my wife called me you're a swifty but you're a tokeny and i i don't care what they put out i all three of their albums are amazing i just everything they put out is so different and the beats are different and i just love them but anyway um we started doing the reviews for these songs and it started as if you followed along ren is the first thing we started. And then we started going through all these. Um, but long story short, this started flowing. And these are really interesting. So if you ever want, it's Drumeo um, on YouTube. And it's totally worth your listen. Now, the last song we're going to do, this is Unprocessed, Die on the Cross of Martyr. And this is so different. It's called Prague. I always think of prog as like tool, but you know, everything changed. We had grunge and you had metal and now we have metal core and prog and there's some jazz shit coming out, which is kind of interesting where they, they have a jazz guitar mixed in with prog metal. And that's kind of what these guys are under. All their songs kind of start with some really interesting guitar riffs that Jimi Hendrix would say, yeah, I dig that shit. Um, and then there's this new R&B metal, which is fucking amazing. I've been listening to some of that where, you know, they just, the song is so disconjoined. It is literally like we're screaming. We got some good, sexy, drop D or further nasty riffs, just power cording the fuck out of it. And then the dude just starts rapping. And then we come back to scream. And it's really interesting because um, people are trying something different. So... I downloaded a bunch of their shit, and today, instead of obsessing over Sleep Token, 
I obsessed over these guys. And I didn't find one song. You know, I just went to Amazon and did their top 10 songs. Whatever Amazon said. And I made a playlist. And this song, I repeated three times. I like it. It's different. Very different. I just love it. Fucking guitars and the bass is so different. I don't care anybody said Jimi Hendrix is up in heaven going, yeah, get that shit. That is fucking sexy right there. Hey, 
That's just some good-ass shit right there. I mean, I seriously... I've never heard anything of that. I mean, you have so many different genres of music, right? Slammed in there. You got some metal. You got some fucking Jimi Hendrix blues riffs. You, I don't know what the fuck that intro is. That is some cool-ass shit. So, more on them. I'm unpacking songs, but that thing got me. I That is way fucking cool. That is a really cool sound. It's different. But um, anyway, so we're going to go into Woke. We're going to start up on uh, Kimmel and Colbert and Christmas is all about gay people. I shit you fucking. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. Okay, now, fingers on the pulse, you know? Obviously, they're making a big deal out of nothing, but I wanted to go to the source to find out how uh, they see this. So joining us now, live from the Holiday Isle at Kohl's, is a gay nutcracker. Hello, Mr. Nutcracker. Please, Mr. Nutcracker was my father. Call me gay. Okay. All right, gay. I just have a couple of questions, and I appreciate your, your taking time. Yeah. I guess my first question is, are gay nutcrackers like yourself bothered by what Fox News and this right-wing outrage media have been saying? I mean, not really. I'd say we're more confused than anything. Uh -huh. I mean, first off, gay nutcracker is redundant. All nutcrackers are gay. Oh, they are? Oh, is that... They are? Yeah, of course. We're a bunch of fit older men with perfect posture, wearing bedazzled uniforms and knee-high boots. <laughs> Open your eyes, you dink. I guess, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, and well. It does seem silly that they're getting so worked up about things like uh, gender-neutral potato heads and inclusive Christmas decorations. I know, right? And just wait until they find out about Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> oh, what about the Elf on the Shelf? He's bi. Oh, he is? Yeah. Wait, how do you know that? How do I know? How do you not know? I mean, get a load of that face. <laughs> he looks like he's keeping a secret. He can't wait to tell you. Yeah. And hey, Fox News Alert, pretty much every Christmas character is gay. <laughs> well, that's not true. Oh, oh, it isn't, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, let's do a little roll call, shall we? Okay. The Grinch decides to steal Christmas. The first thing he does is sew him and his dog flirty little outfits. <laughs> completely uh -huh. obsessed with his birthday and totally comes alive thanks to a fashion accessory. <laughs> the heat miser, obvi. Uh. Hermie the elf, clean-cut twink with perfect teeth. <laughs> Linus, sorry Sally, not interested. <laughs> Rudolph, won't you lead my sleigh? Honey, this queen's been slaying since day one. <laughs> and then there's Joseph. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, uh, Joseph, uh, Mary and Joseph? Yeah, that's the guy, Jimmy. Uh, Why do you I hit the streets to warn people of the terror that was coming this holiday season. People might have to bust their own nuts. I'm going to show you something, and I want you to try not to lose your shit, okay? Sure. It's a nutcracker. Well, it was definitely just out of the closet because it's, uh... Choice in clothing is a little suspect. You almost lost your shit. It's uh, it's progressive, you know. It's sort of terrifying that so many people are frightened by a little wooden toy. 
this is a gay nutcracker. You're saying that even just looking at this, you haven't turned gay? Not immediately. Gay nutcracker is better than the straight one. Would you say that this nutcracker is born this way by Lady Gaga? I don't know. I couldn't answer that. Totally. That's fair. It was the hard yeah. question, yeah. yeah. It's crazy that they're doing this, right? Like, they're taking this manly Christmas icon who puts nuts in its mouth, typically dancing with sugar plum fairies, and they're making this gay? I've never associated the Nutcracker with manliness. I mean, like, no, is, totally. is, it, is it traditionally a manly thing? Christmas has never been gay at all. It's always been about a beautiful, straight couple, a virgin and her husband, who have never had sex, and he's just remarkably chill when she gets pregnant. Illegal immigrants, too. You forgot that part. I did forget that part. Illegal. Thank you. Looking at this, you can't tell me that they're not sexualizing Christmas. Yeah, maybe, but also Christmas is full of sparkle, so... Christmas like. is full of sparkle. Oh my god. How have I been so blind? It's the queerest holiday of all. How did I not see this? The twinkling lights, the tinsel, working with elves. Christmas is so gay. Yeah, it's amazing. Where's Mrs. Claus? Oh, she's having an affair with another woman, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing a theme here? Christmas is gay. I don't think Christmas is gay. Can you help me remember some of these straight lyrics for these holiday songs? Okay. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Christmas. Make the Yuletide. Fine. Make the Yuletide gay. Christmas has always been gay, and so has the Yuletide. All righty of the den. We have some trans stuff now. We're going to start off with a teacher and some fruitcake singing about some shit. And then we found somebody through a uh, show. God, what the... I'll find out her name. We're watching these first couple. I'm a trans girl and I just want to pee in peace But I'm afraid someone will see me and then call the police I'm not some pervert attacker, I just need to empty my bladder So I'd really love it if you let me be Repeat after me, I'm not afraid of my trans friend I'm not afraid, afraid of my trans friend I'm really afraid of cisgender men I'm really afraid of cisgender men I will let you pee in peace I will let you pee in peace Because I really don't want a UTI Capiche? Teachers, make your classroom LGBTQ plus inclusive from the very first day. This is tip number eight, so go back to my profile for other tips. I talked about assessing your language in another tip, but this one's all about like classroom practice. Are you lining up your students into boy and girl lines? And remember, when you do that, if a kid doesn't particularly identify strongly with either of those, it makes them have to kind of choose something that isn't true to them. So find other ways to line up or group your kids. It could be by their student numbers. It could be by their birthday months. Get creative, have fun with it, and you don't need to always center gender in your classroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably uncool. That's probably uncool. So I forgot to look it up because I actually was listening to that goddamn song again. I can't stop listening to that, uh, Unprocessed song. Let's go back. Ah, freaking shit on a stick. There it is. Uh, her name is Misha Petrov, and she got us the um, lesbian Snow White. And uh, we wonder why kids are all of a sudden all wanting to be non-binary or 
neo-pronoun shit, because I watched a whole bunch of neo-pronoun last night, and I literally just stared at the wall going, you know, I have been an awkward motherfucker my whole life. The first beautiful girl that ever came up and talked to me, I married her ass, because I was not comfortable around women. I never thought about coming up with some dumbass shit as this. Here we go. This is it. This is it. <laughs> One thing about me is that I get bullied daily just for being myself, yet I still post on the daily. So one day I decided to post a video about how to use they, them pronouns and sentences. Oh, wow. Then a few friendly people asked if I could show how to use neo pronouns and sentences. I thought, hmm, how? Looked it up, hooked it up, now this is what I do. But it turns out that social change freaks out people not like you. I always knew this, but damn. Y'all can really just, like, chill? Now look at my views, now look at my likes. Conservatives love to hit my bits with the views. Then the algorithm thinks I was meant for those that watch Fox News. I thought I'd heard it all before. But here's something new. I must be a freaking AI or I work for the GOP. Ew. There's just no way someone would be okay with people who are comfortable with who they are. But honey, your child's not confused. You're confused. Oh. And it's okay to accept people who are not like you. But if we tear each other down, there's only one thing we become. And that's ugly. You wanna be ugly? I don't think so. For you to you. And all to me. Okay, bye. Don't call me. Okay, bye. Non-binary. <laughs> okay. Well, that was that was it. Azul reminded me that we're amazing. Mm. And that the LGBTQIA plus community, or just the community, we just have to lift each other up. Like there's no point in conforming. There's no point in conforming. And it's only the straight people who hate us or the cis people who hate us or internalized homophobia or internalized transphobia that makes us feel that way. And when we realize that, oh, then we feel so much more powerful, I guess. Like we have a voice rather than not. And we can't blame each other for things, for being ourselves. What? That's like exactly what we're against. What? Like, <laughs> I can't.
Today I'm going to show you how to use Gummy Gummy's pronouns in a phone conversation, so let's go! Can you believe Sage called us selfish for not using Gummy's pronouns correctly? I mean, it's not like we intentionally try to offend Gummy, it's just hard to adjust sometimes. Exactly, we're doing our best and it's unfair for Sage to label us as selfish. Agreed, we should have an open conversation with Gummy and try to understand each other's perspectives. Heck yeah, we should! See, you can still respect somebody's pronouns who are outside of the binary, but still be upset with them at the same time. So I just wanted to show that that is possible. And that brings up a bigger issue. If you're upset with somebody whose pronouns are outside of the binary, well, still respect their pronouns. Gummy Gummy's pronouns are a form of neo-pronouns. What in the world is this TikToker talking about? Well, I'm talking about what everybody on TikTok is talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I'm talking about it. If you've never heard of neo-pronouns before, well, here is a little definition that I hope can help in some type of way. Ooh. But if it doesn't, just please remember that even if you don't understand something, it does not mean that you can't respect it. And I think that's so awesome because these things do not hurt other people. What hurts other people is bullying another person for being different. That is never okay. That is the last thing I would ever want to encourage. So please do not do that. What I want for us to take away from this is just to be kind and respectful and just understand that our differences don't have to make us deemed as weird. It doesn't have to be stupid and that's so important to remember and I hope you do remember it. Oh my goodness, we made it through and please remember that I'm not a... That's why we have problems. That right there is exactly why we have problems. We have fucking people doing that fucking shit, pushing that shit on kids. There was a whole thing that we did on, um, God, where was it? Cause I got time. Um, what the hell? Let me see if I can find it. Um, yeah, let me find it. I'm gonna play this. This is from last night. We watched it on that lady's uh, channel. Okay, sorry about that. I, I really want to play this. So we're going to play this really quick um, because this is so packaged for children. I am Eloise. I am six. Neo means new. For Barry, you'd say they went to the moon on a rocky ship. This is like a person showing us how they would explain this to a kid. What if I used Zazer pronouns? Huh? If I was telling you about Jordan, I might say Zay went to the moon and I followed Zer. How come you don't use they, them? I want to try different words that suit me better. Ones that aren't associated with gender binaries. See, so this is a step beyond non-binary. It's not a big step, but it's a step because what non-binary people think is that because they are, you know, outside of the binary, right? They're not on the spectrum, spectrum between man and woman. They are now without a gender, so they're free. First of all, delusion. This is a very similar sort of delusion, except now they realize, oh, by saying we're non-binary, we're admitting that there's a binary, meaning a man and a woman. So let's take this a step further and say we are a tree, or we're a book, or we're a TV, or we're a glass of water. Those are our pronouns, right? We're just going to use nouns at this point because gender isn't real. It sounds a lot crazier when we're talking about, you know, they, them, and neo-pronouns. It's really not. It's a very similar sort of delusion. You know me. You know that I'm all for expression of self-identity. Look, it's the uh, lesbian Snow White. But these neo-pronouns have got to stop. Wow, so you really don't care. Hello friends, it's Lesbian Snow White here, aka The Pronoun Gal, and aka Your Worst Nightmare. And this video has triggered a lot of people, including myself. So if you're someone who identifies with a neo-pronoun, or wants to identify with a neo-pronoun, but you don't feel like you can because of selfish bananas like this one. You know, she's very different here. This isn't her usual bubbly, let's talk about rat rat self and bubble bubble self. 
no, this is like, this is how I act when people misgender me, right? This is how I act when people don't use Brat Brat Self. It's for the camera, they act really nice and um, respectful and they just want to teach you about neo-pronouns and then when you misgender them, they'll show their true colors. And I promise we will make a difference in this world and that this person who is 20 years old, might I add, will be very ashamed of themselves for making a video like this. this what does being 20 have anything to do with this? She's the one who acts and dresses like she's 12. I'm just wondering. Oh, she's 20 and she's saying things like this. Girl, you think people can identify as like a pencil. What are you talking about? I explain this to you nicely, but you don't deserve it. I use a doll and other neo-pronouns because of synesthesia. If you haven't seen my last video on why I think there's a connection with these people who are you know, constantly talking about gender ideology and um, hair and makeup and style. Just keep that in mind while watching these. I don't care what you say, that shit is packaged for children. Packaged for children. One last video. Well, let's do the slide first. I want to cover, this is just so fucking sad. Um, I thought I captured it. Did I capture it? Oh, fuck it. I'm gonna do the Bill O'Reilly. We'll do this fucking shit live. Uh, this is Elizabeth Elizabeth Medina, 16-year-old high school cheerleader from Texas. She was found dead in her apartment. The police announced today that the perpetrator is, of course, an illegal alien. And because we don't track illegal alien deaths, you didn't hear about this. That precious young girl is dead because a person that shouldn't fucking be in the country is here. And because we don't track it, because the media is all about protecting the left, we don't report it. But like that neo-pronoun, everything's geared for brainwashing. Everything. So I'm not going to play the last one. It's another white kid getting murdered. Beat to death by a pack of African Americans. And that's not in the news, but if it was the reverse. You would know about it. You would know everything about it. And it's fucking sad. I mean, this whole thing is just fucking sad. From soup to nuts, we spent four years, Trump's an anti-Semite, because some fucking people went cuckoo and attacked some churches or synagogues. And he said something that could have been interpreted as, and now you have the left literally on TV saying it, like out loud. And I'm doing my biggest turn off. I hate when people wear headphones because you don't need headphones when you're podcasting. I don't need to hear shit. I only do the earbuds so I can play the sound bites and not interrupt the wife's TV. So that wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Show these family friends. Go to Flyover Politic with K 482-467 for Rumble. Fop Podcast at gmail.com. I didn't post the last uh, video because Rumble was down and I knew I was going to do this one. Uh, make sure to disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs. We are going to do our next show on the 18th, 17th or 18th. I was going to do a segment on the new puppy. We have a new puppy, puppy, and my wife named it Sophie. She's adorable. And we will have videos next time. The new addition to the family. Just adorable little pup. And for some reason, she loves me. I've done very little cuddling because I'm still trying to get my female dog from not killing the thing because she's jealous. So I have to pet the new puppy simultaneously petting my regular puppy so that she doesn't kill the thing because she won't play with it or do anything. So it's really kind of sad. But, you know, 
there's a pecking order in the pack. So she doesn't dig it. Anyway, um, that's it. Thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.